It's off to Leonard. Defended by Simmons. Is this the dagger? High fly ball, right field. Grossman back. Trap. Wall. See ya. Into the second deck. A grand slam the other way for Aaron Judge. And the Yankees are pouring it on. For the latest news throughout the sports world, tune in to Sports Talk with R&J every Wednesday at 1 p.m. The Cross and Wrestling Entertainment Podcast presented by Clovercrest Media is what you AEW fans have been looking for. Noah Cross and Tyler Bard give their take on every week's episode of Dynamite. If you are a massive AEW fan, then it is time to join us every Sunday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Stay Crossum. Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest. Top three corner men, punching in. With a punch's chance, we find a way to win. The main event, locked it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fisticuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing weight. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand in eight, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave, don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bringing crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry of curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to throwing jazz podcast I'm Big Jace, joined by Joe and Jared, like always. And we got a lot to talk about. Some great fights to recap, so let's start it off. Devin Haney defeats Jorge Linares via unanimous decision to retain the WBC lightweight title. Joe, you picked Linares. I mean, we all had a big back and forth in our text conversation. But what would you think of the fight? Well, I I feel like I was vindicated in the things that I said. And, uh, you know, Jared and I have had multiple discussions about this fight since then. And I'll say this about Devin Haney. I mean, he's a great boxer. He's really good at boxing. Make no, no doubt about it. But his power is lacking. And... I just think, you know, you, you handled Jorge Linares. What happens when you get to that next level? Uh, and I just I just don't know if he's going to be able to get there. I don't. I mean, Linares beat him pretty good in the end of the fight. Um, uh, you know, a classic too little, too late. Again, I love Haney. I, the, the boxing is on point. That's a great jab. After the fight, he actually asked Linares how his power compared to Lomachenko. And Linares suggested more combinations. Um, You're not in that league as far as power is concerned, he told Haney. So, Devin Haney, again, great win, but he goes back to the the drawing board. Now, again, you got to think what happens when he starts fighting the other elite guys in this division. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna have some trouble. But Jared, I, I, I think you still think he might be the best of the bunch. How old is he? Twenty. Yeah. Two. Two. Twenty-two. 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 Yeah, it's a young man, certainly. Didn't have my man power at twenty-two. 
still, still couldn't punch at 27, 28. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But, um, but, but I mean, if you fight Jorge Linares at 22 years old and manage to get out of there with a win, that's, that's it. I'm impressed. I'm still impressed with this kid. It reminds me so much of the Ryan Garcia fight where we saw holes and flaws in a very, very young kid's game against a good high-level fighter, and now he's exposed. Now he's a 22-year-old without a lot of pop that's really, really fast, and a lot of guys have made uh, – uh, Sugar Ray Leonard didn't have a whole lot of pop. He went places. I mean, and Haney, that's, that's kind of what I feel like you're getting is uh, – if he can outbox guys for that long, he ran out of steam and Lenars popped him a few times. But that's what I really wanted to talk about is I've seen veterans toward the end of their career not be able to survive that kind of experience. He jabbed, he held on, he ducked under punches to grab again. He did all of these Bernard Hopkins-esque veteran-type moves. 22 years old? This kid looks good. I'm still a fan. It's it's pretty much the same thing we were saying after the Ryan Garcia fight. I don't really see exposed. I see fought a fought a maybe a blueprint. How you can beat this guy if you're gonna beat Haney. But uh he came away with a win and he fought a really, really tough guy and he looked like a seasoned veteran in there. Let's compare this fight to Teofimo Lopez, who's twenty-three and was twenty-two at the time of the fight against Lomachenko, and think about what that kid did. And Those the are the opposite, though, Joe. The bigger guy is is Lopez there. True. Again, the listen, bigger I, guy, the hard charger, the moving forward, the quicker guy was Loma. And Loma's big. Yes. Haney. I like. In listen. Like I said, I I like Haney's boxing. He's one of the the better technicians in the game. The the use of the jab. Uh, I talk about the jabs every week. I love it. I'm fascinated by it. I just I'm I mean time will tell Jared if you're right or not. But where where after this fight again, I felt mm, you know, when when did you peak physically? 26 uh, last summer. <laughs> I saw that catch. I he remember. peaks every year. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> the big big obviously foul home runs. Um I'd say four, five, six years from now, we're going to see Haney as his, at his best if everything goes I hope relative so. to how the time frame goes. If you're beating Jorge Linares now and your best is four or five years down the road, I want to see it. But Linares' best was eight, nine years down the road. Is 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 the point? And so again, I'd like a, a Lenaris. How many prime. of those guys beat Lenaris last Saturday? How many of those of those top twenty guys? Five, six, seven. He's still competitive, top tier guy. You called we called him a gatekeeper, and Haney handled him for a long time. This is an eight round fight, which most twenty two year olds are still fighting. It's a walkover. See, don't I, like I, don't like he was gassed towards the end either. Not I didn't love that. That that makes me question to that too. No, yeah. Fight, he walks over at seven to one. But also, I mean, Lenaris had a four hundred day <laughs> layoff. I, I, the older guy coming in, I, I don't expect expect him to come out guns blazing. But if Haney does, I, I think with these other guys, these guys who have the power, like the 
Ryan Garcia's, like the Tank Davis's, like the Tiafimo Lopez's in this division. Haney gets hit. Like, what I noticed from that fight was everything down the middle, he's good at dodging. But the hooks, that's where Linares came, landed most of his shots was with those hooks. If you t- eat a hook like that from Lopez, Garcia, or uh, Tank Davis, I-, I think he's going to sleep. I think Garcia and Davis are fast enough to land that. I said this to you guys in that text thread. You're going to think I'm crazy, but if Haney can beat one of those guys, it's Lopez. He's faster. He beats him to the punch, and Lopez never gets his mitts on him. If he if he can beat one of those guys, it's probably Lopez over Davis and Garcia. And it's crazy. And honestly, I still like Ryan Garcia of the three. Tank Haney and Ryan, I'll take I'll take Ryan, I'll take Ryan Garcia. But it's crazy because so like recently, it was all about Loma in this division, and he gets that one loss. And now, like, we're, we're talking about everyone else but Loma. And it, it stinks because he still is really good. And that loss, I mean, <clears throat> a lot of people questioned it. But we're still talking about everyone else but him. So that's interesting. Well, and I still think he's one of the best alive. But how old is he? You know, he's 37, 36, 37, 38. Loma's getting up there. So, uh Taking a loss right there was tough for him. I still think he's one of the best in the game, but he's got to fall off sooner or later. Yeah, um, Loma's getting up there in age. Uh, he's about four or five years away from Tank Davis and the Mayweather team giving Tank uh, that match against Loma. They want to wait until they want to wait until Loma's uh, collecting Social Security uh, before he, he puts Tank in the ring with him. Yeah, he's got six hundred amateur fight, five hundred amateur fights. Like, what are we, what are we waiting for? Yeah, you can do this we now. Know what we're gonna get? There's <laughs> film on this guy. There's film on this guy. All right, now one one last thing on this before, and we can move on. I I swear, the score of this fight pissed me off when I compared it to Taylor Ramirez because, and Jared, I know the the first eight whatever, um. I watched that fight and I knew Taylor won that fight. I didn't have to I didn't have to wait for anybody to tell me the score. You know what I mean? It was a formality. This one I was like, well, I'm, I'll wait and hear the results. It was not as close as I thought it was gonna be scored, and I thought I hate the way boxing is scored. That's all I got to yeah. say. One fourteen to one twelve, all three, Taylor Smith. This was 116, 112, uh, 116, and 115, 113, and I'm like. Did you see how the PFL is doing it? No, what are they doing? They've got, like, I think it's the PFL, but they've got, like, a a speed counter that they use for pitching. So they're catching the punches on the speed counter. And then, uh, take like, it's something like the weight and the distance, and they're putting a percentage for how hard the hit was. And then who accumulated more numbers during the course of the round? And at the oh, end of the so round, the winner. It, like it says 86-14, and you, yeah, have a pretty good idea. They landed the more and better shots. Something you want to share with the rest of the class, Joe? No, I'm no. just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm, just I'm kidding. good. Hey, I've been wrong about a fight, one fight in the last like six weeks. So why don't we go ahead and cover that? One? <laughs> yeah, there we go. Donito, Donaire, KOs. 
Nordine Obama. Oh, what the fuck? I've been wrong twice. Um, real quick. This Joe was, used the J strategy. I took your, I took both underdogs <laughs> this week. I knew I would hit on one. I had a really good feeling. Um, you know, it's it's Jace. I was I was telling uh I was telling Jared the other day, um, I put together the tale of the tape and I did it and I did all the research on it. And after watching Denair and watching Ubali, I thought, nah, I like this Ubali a lot, but God, Denair's like I think people think he's done, and I don't. I just didn't see it that way. His fight with Inouye was, it was that was the worst beatdown Inouye's taken in his life. And even though he walked away with a W, I think some people thought, you know, maybe, maybe Denier had 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 run out of steam. Certainly not the case. I mean, dude, he came out like a wrecking ball in this fight, and just took it to Obali like I thought he could. Um, I wasn't 100% confident in it, Jared, mind you. I mean, Ubali's a really good fighter. This was a great fight. I mean, he just he got overwhelmed, I feel like. Oh, someone wake up, Nordin Ubali. I was singing during that. <laughs> Nordin Ubali. Um, I, if somebody saw this coming, it should have been me. I feel like I've watched Donaire. I'm a fan of Donaire, and this is this is a strong, you know, hard charging. The skill level it was totally different skill level. I'm not sure Abali has ever seen anything like that before. It was they they were on different tiers. So even with the with the age, he was just able to outbox, outmaneuver, walk down. This was, this was ugly. It looked like he was in another weight class, but he's just in another class of fighter. There's levels to this. And if this didn't show, if a, if a 58-year-old Nonito Donaire coming in there and, and taking out a young lion didn't show you that there's levels to this, then uh, then you're missing it. This this was impressive. Like, I didn't, I, I didn't see it coming. Uh, Donaire, I mean, he dominated that. But did he impress enough to for you to give him the edge over Inouye, Jared? No. No, Inouye beats anybody in, in the division one way or another. In certainly a way or another. Yeah, certainly wouldn't mind seeing uh, maybe seeing that again. I wouldn't mind seeing that fight happen again. That's what Donair wants. He wants it to run it back, and I'm fine with that. What else? Yeah, well, he, be that well guy, yeah, ex but. exactly, right? I mean, listen, I, 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 you, you wanna, you wanna fight the best. I mean, I, I, there's, there's no reason not to, you know. You, you gave that guy his best <laughs> fight. I mean, in any ways, you talk about one of the best pound for pound fighters in the world. Denaire used to be one. Slowly reclaiming the glory. You take out the current champ. Go get the next best thing. You know, next the 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 sure. big guy in your. I mean, I think this could be. Uh, this could be fun. Third in that division on box rec, and that's the one I that's the one I respect. But third is a uh, Rigandia. So when I say what else, yeah. I mean there's nothing else you want to see. Donair and uh, and anyways, that's that's the fight to make. Either one of them will beat uh, Rigandia. Yeah, I mean he could go back up, I guess, but I mean. I, I I don't know. They, I, I do want to see him against in a way again because 
If he oh, can bring to God, no, go up and fight Brandon Figueroa. Excuse me, James. Donaire, go up and fight Figueroa. Oh, God, I love that fight. Please do that. That's another great fight. I could get behind that. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This felt good, though. This uh, this was uh, this felt really good. Um, I was super excited. You know, I really felt like I, I uh, saw something in the tape, and I just knew the legend was going to rise to the top. Um, as a matter of fact, Jared, I'm going to save the worst part of that. That was actually on Jace. As I'm sitting here now, I remember Jace saying something to the effect of that uh, Daenerys can't get to the top or struggled at the top or some nonsense. I, no, I remember the saying that on the show. Two, no, the past before this fight, the two biggest names uh, in a way, and yeah. Frampton, he lost to. So I, I thought Obama to the was all-time more on great. that level. Yeah, I, I thought Obama was more on that level. He obviously wasn't. Donaire still has it. I mean, I, I'll accept when I'm wrong. All right, good. Good. Well, and you're because you're used to that, and then you handle it. I think better than most people do. So oh, thank I you. Lost to Rigondeaux. Yeah, way way back in the day though. But all right, that's gonna do it for the recap. Let's get in to the who you got. The Mount Rushmore of entertaining fighters, entertainments taking over the fight game, with obviously this weekend Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul. And then coming up down the road, we got Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley. So who are the most entertaining fighters to watch? Kick it off with you, Joe. Well, not the I most mean, Italian fighters. So not Marvin Vittori. Okay. Um, they're the most entertaining fighter, in my opinion, and I criticize him sometimes for it, but I'll watch, I've watched every fight uh, that's ever been on video of Justin Gaethje. Uh, that's a guy who's not just out there to whoop that ass. He's out there also because he wants to put on a show uh, for the crowd. He he said, and I, again, criticize him for it sometimes, that he didn't want to be the best. He wanted to be the most entertaining. And so it just makes sense that he would be number one on the Mount Rushmore of most entertaining fighters. So that's your first, Gaethje. That's my first, Justin Gaethje. I know that's, that's my... Uh... That's my fourth. My number two, I would say easily, is Kamara Usman. Because here's what I find entertaining about this guy. The before and the after. Um, Supreme confidence. He's also great in the ring, dude. You know, this is the the classic example of the guy who's... um, a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, right? I mean, Usman's not really great at one particular thing. He's just really good at everything, and it makes <laughs> it really hard to beat that guy. So uh, definitely entertaining. Um, I, I'm going to put a guy in the list, and no one's going to like it because he doesn't have a good record. His last fight drew eyebrow raises, but Mikel Pereira... Uh, you guys know the dude I'm talking about. That I guy, think you man. got a crush on him, Joe. I do, I do. I just, that's, I'm fascinated that's... by that guy. Um, 
He's what, if I could work out every day for three years, that's what I would look like, I feel like. And um, I also would want to jump all over the ring, climb the cage. I mean, he's so... He's so fun to Chase, watch. Let's I, throw a picture of what Joe would look like if he were I, I just listen. I just wish he had a I better wish we trainer side by side when he said. I wish this guy had a better trainer because I mean he's he his, his trainer. <laughs> his well his his fight plans are stupid. He he lost to um. This uh, sounds like that, stir the pot material. <laughs> no, listen. He lost to that Canadian dude. And it was one of those fights where he, dude, he came out, you know, jumping around, doing all his uh, capoeira kicks and all that stuff. And it was great. He was jumping off the ring and throwing Superman punches. Like two minutes into the fight, dude, he started like breathing heavy. And I was like, what are you doing? And then he got taken down and beat up for a little bit. And, 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 but he's very entertaining. We're talking about entertainment. This guy's yeah. entertainment value is off the chart. Dude, he runs around. the. He's like on the cage taking steps. It's amazing. I really enjoy it. Again, is he the best fighter? No, there's something wrong there. But the entertainment value, to me, off the charts. I get that. Off the charts. And then I, I would say Israel Adesanya uh, has to be on the list of most entertaining fighters. This is a guy no who... boxers. Well... No, no, that's right. No, 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 no boxers. I'm not entertained by anybody right now. Who's putting on who's putting on shows for you lately? Who's been doing it for you? Most of these boxing matches, I feel like they're they're, I'm I'm not seeing what I like. I'm looking for entertainment. I want to see boxers uh, jumping off the ropes. Okay. Okay. All right, I'll go next, and I'll start it off with a boxer who brings all the entertainment in Tyson Fury. When it was his Schwartz fight one. or his Otto Wong fight, when he's coming out like okay. uh, Apollo Creed, that's entertainment. When he's serenading his wife after he wins, that's entertainment. And then the way he moves at his size for the for size, that's entertainment, what he can do in the ring and how – his Undertaker comeback when Deontay Wilder knocked him down, that's entertainment. This, this guy is a beast. And not to mention his trash talk. He's really good at that as well. Tyson Fury's got to be on that list. Then I'll go over the MMA. Max Holloway. There's a reason why in our intro I put that at the end. Him and Ricardo Lamas. Point to the middle of the rings, duking it out, swinging it. This dude's a beast. Comes forward, Kate just lights people up, doesn't care about getting hit. And plus, outside of the ring, he's also very entertaining on Twitch, too, streaming more stuff. So, entertainment all there. And then, staying in that division, Brian Ortega. There is something different about this kid when he gets a submission. Like, everyone's cheering when everyone else has a submission and it's good. You hold your breath because that's how deadly this guy is. When he grabs a hold of your neck, you're, you're shocked. And not to mention, like, how he is on his feet. He goes forward. Look at the beating he took from... Max Holloway, he he didn't want to quit. The doctor forced him to stop. And he was taking such a beating. He just kept coming forward, kept brawling. 
So that's another guy. And then <clears throat> my last guy, Terrence Bud Crawford. He's just so entertaining to watch. I mean, what he does, what he does in the ring and how easy it looks, how he's switching stances, how he's calculating his opponent and like learning from what he's doing and making adjustments on the fly. He does stuff so easy. I think that's why he doesn't get the respect. He does all this great stuff and make it look so easy. Just no one, no one appreciates it. But that's my Mount Rushmore, Jared. Well, I'm, actually, I'm I'll, I'll give a couple. I'll give a couple honorable mentions. Francis and Ganu, just for the Mike Tyson effect. You don't know how long it's going to be till he puts your lights out. You call it the Mike Tyson effect, and then don't have Mike Tyson on your list. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was more of the most entertaining fight yeah. right now. You know, and listen, also- real quick, real quick, before you continue, this is another one of I, I love Jace to death. This is another one of his very vague who you got. There's no the question hey, was laid hey, out. Hold on, Jared made this who you got. Don't throw question me laid the out with no criteria. You know what I mean? Like yeah, my first Jace, thought was on, Mike man. Tyson. I'm thinking Tyson would be number one on my <laughs> list all day. Who's more entertaining than Mike Tyson? I mean, Mike Tyson has become one of the greatest pieces of pop culture in American history. Yeah. Doesn't get much more oh, entertaining yeah. than that. But if you really want to go entertaining boxers, um, Jorge Paez, that's who's on my list. Jorge Paez was a showman. He was a circus <laughs> clown uh, who came from a family of acrobats who was an unbelievable boxer. Jorge Paez. That would be probably my first face on Mount Rushmore with Tyson second, if we're including all and every. Yeah. All right. And then Muhammad Ali would be on the list. I mean, come on. The Ali shuffle? Got to. Yeah. yeah. How is he not on the list? Yeah. And then if we're going that route, I guess um, Anderson Silva has to be on this list as well, whose fights were more entertaining than his, even when he was getting beat up. He made it fun, and he was still running his mouth. McGregor's a hell of an entertainer. Kimbo Slice probably made it far enough to be in the conversation. Um, I have to be honest that uh, Mike Tyson's on my honorable mention list. Um, now, the two, the two things I did for my criteria are the guys I got most excited to watch personally. When I got up for fights, oh, my God, I can't wait to see this fight. And if I had to watch all of their fights in a row, Kamar Osman, I'm falling asleep for parts of that. No disrespect at all. This is an entertainment thing. Um, Bud Crawford, too. Making it look easy isn't necessarily entertaining all the time. Um, But I've got Tyson on the side with the honorable mentions with a guy named Diego Corrales who I'd watch any of his fights. He was exciting as hell. He's the guy you got up to watch. Floyd Mayweather knocked him down five or six times. Roy Jones is a great answer. My favorite fighter of all time, yes. One of the most entertaining by a, by a mile. Yeah, see, Sander, thank you for chiming in with that. This is a very broad category. Yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't quite sure what the... What are we talking about? All? Any? All time? I thought we met currently, like Jay said. I didn't know. 
Oh, little vague. Bro, I like it when it's broad because we each have our own cat. We each have our own. Yeah, this is great. This is great. Uh, Gaethje, Gotti, Chavez, Sugar Ray Robinson, Holloway, uh, uh, a mix of old and new school. Obviously, Tony doesn't know how many faces are on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, is Holloway your honorable mention? Got <laughs> him. There's only hey, four. To be fair, um, I'm just playing, Tony. Two. Yeah, hey, on my list. So I love it. Yeah, one. great choice. Again, one. we sh- we should have banged out a better criteria so we knew exactly what we were talking about. Because I I hate my list now. Number three, <laughs> four was Justin Gagey. By the way, the only crossover pick, the only guy on two lists was Justin Gagey at my four. My number three. Is Nate Diaz? Oh, he's an honorable mention for me. Yeah, Ah. Nate Diaz. Um, number two, your brother said it, Arturo Gotti. Yep, Mister Blood and Guts Warriors, Uh, the 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 professional version of Will Brand. And uh, number one on my list, I don't hate you for having a guy with losses on your list because I think my guy lost 43 fights or something like that. But Emmanuel Augustus is the most entertaining fighter of all time. Uh, If you're not familiar, please look this guy up. Far and away, he dances in the ring. Vernon Paris, uh, Paderna, Sorkin. Dude, he fought everybody. And Gojo, Ray Oliveira, Courtney Burton, Alex Trejo, David Diaz, Floyd Mayweather Jr., Lavander Johnson, Mickey Ward, Griffin, uh, John John Molina, Antonio Diaz, Teddy Reed. He fought everybody and finished his career... Uh, 38 wins and 34 losses. And Floyd Mayweather Jr. said it's the toughest guy he ever fought. That the greatest fighter he was ever in the ring with was Emmanuel Augustus. They called him the drunken master. He did this little dance like this and then would be in position to punch you somehow. And it was like stuff you've never seen before. This is the most entertaining fighter of my lifetime, Emmanuel Augustus. I like that. I, I like when we all have different criteria. We each give our explanation. I love it. Uh, another honorable mention I had was Edson Barbosa. Just the man, the way that man kicks. I mean, his spinning, uh, spinning wheel kick knockout of Perry Adam, flying knee knockout of Benel Dariush. But also, like, it, it's like the Zohan when he kicks. Like, remember the Zohan when he's, like, hitting people? And he's like, oh, was that your foot? That's what Edson Barbosa's like. He, one second he's like this, half a second later his foot's in your face. So he, he's just a beast. And I, the losses kept him off, I guess. But he's another guy that needs to be on there. Holy cow, Tony. I did not know that. Yeah, but in addition to surviving all of those fights, Emmanuel Augustus was shot with a 44 in the head on October 13, 2014. Wow. Okay. Well, that, guy, that guy is tough. 
And it was a 2012 interview with Floyd Mayweather Jr. Um, so whoever he'd fought up to that point, he had Emmanuel Augustus in his in his head as his toughest match. Yeah, and that's uh, the face of that uh, that Mount Rushmore. When I was a boy, and I first started watching boxing, I mean, you know, you knew Hagler, Hearns, Leonard, and those guys. But boy, there was a dude I saw. I feel like it was about every every fifth Saturday. I feel like Jorge Paez, dude. Look at this guy. This was a more tame haircut for Paez. <laughs> and again, I told you, he was from a family of acrobats. And sometimes in his fights, dude, he would, like, get hit. And he would start to literally, like, look like he was about to, like, get knocked out. And he would start falling back. And then he would shoot forward. And he would throw a punch. And it was the craziest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Dude, that guy, as far as entertainment in the ring and being really good, too, Legend, like that's what made me love boxing, and that because I was, you know, I've always been a hot dog kind of guy. I mean, I like hot dogs, but I also like people that showboat. Um, and to see that guy as a kid, I was like, dude, I want to be Jorge Paez. Like that's who, that's who I want to be as a boxer because that just that blew me away to be able to again that idea of like Muhammad Ali, dude, where you're like in the ring and you're like messing with the other guy. How good do you have to be? You know what I mean? Where you're like, let me let me mess around a little bit. And then you went you don't end up on one of those cockiest fighter videos. You know, that was one of our karma. ideas. Yeah. Is, uh, and one street boxing. I mean, why not? <laughs> oh gosh. All right. Let's get into tonight's fights. Starting off with the UFC fight night. Battle of heavyweights in the main event for UFC 189. Fight night, Rosenstrike versus Sakai. Let's break it down. Augusto Sakai is 30 years old. He's six foot four with a 77-inch reach and a record of 15-2-1 with 11 knockouts. From Curibita, Brazil, Sakai took up martial arts in his teens and made his professional debut in 2011 at the age of 20 with a first-round knockout of Cesar Alberto. He won his next three by knockout before making his Bellator debut in 2013 knocking out Rob Horton with a vicious knee to the jaw in the second round. After winning his next four, including a second-round knockout of Daniel Gallenmore, he had a majority draw with Dan Charles, followed by a tentative and slow-paced split-decision loss to Czech Congo. He bounced back with three straight wins, all by TKO, including a third-round stoppage of Chase Sherman. The following year, he won a very close split decision over former heavyweight champion Andrei Arlovsky, and five months later, overwhelmed Polish contender Marcin Tabura, holding him against the cage and knocking him out with five brutal punches to the side of his head. Next, he took on Bulgaria's Blagoj Ivanovic in what turned out to be a highly competitive match that saw both men land big shots on each other, with Sakai pulling out a razor-thin split decision. On September 5, 2020, he fought perennial contender and UFC legend Alistair Overeem. After four rounds of intense back-and-forth action, Overeem came out in the fifth and took down a badly faded Sakai, passing his guard and stopping him with a series of unanswered punches and elbows. A Muay Thai specialist, Sakai's a solid stand-up game, mixing in punches and knees before rushing them against the cage, where he predominantly likes to work. Jazinio Rosenstrike is 32 years old. He's 6'2", with a 78-inch reach and a record of 11-2 with 10 knockouts. From Pararimbo, Suriname, 
Biggie Boy started boxing at a local gym at the age of 17 before moving to the Netherlands to begin a career in kickboxing that saw him compile a record of 76-8 with 64 knockouts. He had a brief foray in MMA in 2013, but wouldn't return until 2017 when he signed a contract with Ryzen Fighting Federation. He made his UFC debut in 2019, beating Junior Albini by a second-round TKO. He then knocked out Alan Crowder with a jab and Andre Orlovsky with a left hook, both within seconds of the fight starting before coming in to fight Alistair Overeem as a last-minute replacement for Walt Harris. Rosenstrike was dominated from the start and reduced to only landing three punches per round until he was able to catch Overeem with a 1-2 with only four seconds left in the fight. After two postponements, he faced Francis Ngannou on May 9th, 2020, getting knocked out cold just 20 seconds into the fight. He did bounce back four months later with a brutal second-round knockout of Junior Dos Santos. In February 2021, Rosenstrike took on fellow contender Cyril Gaon, but was dominated from the onset, getting picked apart at a distance with jabs and leg kicks, as well as being controlled throughout by Gon's superior wrestling skills. A devastating striker with one-punch knockout power in both, he prefers keeping his fights on his feet as he lacks wrestling experience and is great at waiting for his opponents to leave themselves open, though he has tended to wait a little too long sometimes. Will Sakai be able to put himself back into contention, or will Rosenstrike get back on track after some inconsistent performances? Tune in tonight. And let's find out. Joe, you gave us that great breakdown, but who you got coming out? I'm going to take Rosenstrike just because, and, and and this is, you know, again, don't let this be lost on anybody. You, you, you know, he fights like Nganu, Um, if you wanted to compare him to somebody, but this guy has the skills of Israel out of sound. I mean, he was a really good kickboxer. No wrestling game to speak of, but then again, you look at Sakai, and I don't know. This guy doesn't have great stamina. He doesn't really have a great physique. If you told me I could be in the UFC six months from now, I would get in shape. And look that, like, uh, what's his name there? I mean, dude, Sakai, I, I, I don't, I just for the life of me, dude, I've seen him fight. He's pretty good. I, for the life, like, dude, do more crunches. I think crunches is the key to just kind of tightening up the – never mind. Anyway, um, I'm going to say Rosen. I think it's going to be a good – it's going to be a boring fight um, until Rosenstrike nails him. And if that doesn't do it, then the ground and pound him. He'll ground and pound him out. Um, that's sort of the way I see it. You know, in, in Sakai's last fight, he was doing well against Oberyn. Just ran out of gas. And got, you saw, I mean, just pummeled the rest of the way out. That's, I don't know. I I, I feel like Rosenstrike um, at the gone fight was bad. Um, there was actually a, a clip I left out where he, I don't know if you guys remember the moment where he literally flipped him over. <laughs> he literally flipped Rosenstrike in the air. He flipped like a, like a lion getting tossed by a buffalo. I, it was insane. Here's the dismount. You know, I mean, so... Sakai's not the kind of guy who could take advantage of Rosenstrike like that. And so for that reason and that reason only, I'm going to say Rosenstrike is going to catch him at some point and uh, it's going to hurt really bad. Yeah, 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 I agree. 
I agree. Uh, what do you call a bowling alley that doubles as a florist? Frozen strike. Come on, guys. Um, Frozen strike. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. who I'm taking. That's who I'm taking. And I don't think this will be a, a great matchup. I think Sakai's a little bit under. Uh, he's uh, he's jumping up to get this, and I, I don't see it panning out for him. I'll take Rosen Shark with the No, I think both these guys are kind of like gatekeepers. Rosen Strike, if you can get past him, you can deserve to be at the top, and you can fight maybe one more fight to the title. Gusto Sakai, I see him like a gatekeeper to be in the top 15. He, he's nothing special. Uh, Rosen Strike's got great striking. I mean, Augusto Sakai lost to Czech Congo. I, I see a lot of Czech Congo in Rosenstrike. So I mean, if you can get past, if you can't get past Czech Congo, uh, I don't think you're going to get past Rosenstrike. Uh, I, I think Rosenstrike's going to get it done uh, pretty early. I, I, I think Sakai's going to fade around the third, and then Rosenstrike <laughs> gonna hit him uh, with something, put him down. It's going to be over, but yeah. The Rosen Strike should get this win. Now, speaking of now staying with heavyweights, but moving to boxing, Daniel Dubois versus Bogdan Denou for the vacant interim WBA heavyweight title. Uh, this, this is ridiculous. I, I don't like. I don't get what they're doing with this Dubois kid. He just lost. I don't know why he's fighting for the title. He lost to Joe Joyce. Uh and he's fighting for an interim title, which makes no sense. I, I understand he's from Britain. I understand you want him to fight one of the heavyweight British champions in uh, Fury or Joshua. It, it's not going to happen. He doesn't deserve it. He's got great knockout power, but he's just not on that level. So stop forcing this guy down our throats. Cool, he can get some knockouts. A lot of people can, especially against competition like this. But uh, Dinu's... He's all right. Two, two, two losses, 20 and two. His only losses were to Polev and Miller. But I, I just – I think this is going to be a tough fight for Dubois. I want – I'm going to take Denu to win because I'm done with this Dubois kid. I'm sick and tired oh of him getting God. shoved down our throat. <laughs> this seems like sort of a setup fight for him to win. Uh, yeah. yeah, solid point from from Tony. How is there an interim belt? Joshua currently has the WBA belt. Um, so you're right. This is them. They're trying to get Dubois a belt. I actually watched the Joyce Dubois fight this morning, and um, to be fair, you know uh, Tony said he quit against Joe Joyce, and that is partially true. He also had a broken orbital uh, and caught a jab there, and I can imagine the pain was too much that he he took a knee and took out the count. He's not a good fighter. His he, I mean, I've never seen a guy leave his feet so much throwing a right. Uh, he looks like an eight-year-old, uh, like a big bully eight-year-old trying to beat up a little kid. Uh, he's got no form, barely goes to the body, not much of a jab. Um, I don't know what the fascination with Daniel Dubois is. I feel like though that that uh, Bogdan Denu. Is a, is a sacrificial lamp so they could pump this guy back up. I'm sure somebody in their mind deep down has 
this kid at some point getting into the Fury Wilder uh, Joshua uh, mix because your boy Ruiz uh, Ruiz doesn't doesn't seem to want to stick to a diet uh, to allow himself to be the fourth guy in the mix, and so they seem they seem desperate to find somebody else. It can't be Dubois. I'm sorry to say this guy's this guy's technique is awful. Um, again, 22, uh, 23 years old. Uh, Dubois has a lot of growing to do. Uh, get that man strength. That being said, dude, neither one of these guys fought anybody at all. The signature wins are just non-existent. This guy, um, uh, Bogdan, best win is, uh, I just had it up here, three and three. Avery Gibson, by the numbers, his best win was Avery Gibson, who was 3-3-2 three, three, and two at the time. He's now 9-8-4. and four. These guys never beat anybody. Anybody. Ten guys with losing records, and then guys with winning records that never beat him, 32-10. and 10. That's your signature win over a guy that's 32-10. Neither one of these guys is the next one, and... Uh, DuBose is like a, uh, a uh, um, Adrian Broner. We like him. He looks good. He's flashy. He's big. He hits hard. Rah, rah, rah. But as soon as you put him in against any Maidana, Lenares, stiff top competition, he's going to lose. Both of these guys have lost uh, to like ratings of 50 to 100. And the best guys they've beat are two. Neither one of them that they're like both tens. Um, yeah. And and being as heavy as they are, this is tough to pick a winner. I'll tell you what, I'll take the 14 to one underdog. If I'm putting anything on it, I think the smart bet is DuBose. But if you're betting, he's, he's likely to get knocked out. That could happen here. I'm not going to be shocked. If either guy wins this fight, they're heavyweights. Neither one of them plays extraordinary defense. They both have a decent punch. I think they handpicked this guy for DuBose to win, and they better be careful doing that because the guy can't fight that good. Yeah. <laughs> Relative to the better heavyweights in the division, the guy can't fight that good. You better be careful trying to handpick guys with winning records. It, my big thing with this guy, I mean, if you're going to push – a fighter from England to fight one of these, it seems like he's going down the Joshua route, WBA. <clears throat> so if you're going to handpick a guy like that uh, from England to make this big fight in England, why not get the other belt, who's also from England? In, like, that's going to be a big fight in England. I don't know why you're pushing this Dubois guy to come up and, oh, hey, the, the English versus English. When you got the other belt, you can unify all four belts. It's I, I don't know. I'm just done. Those hey, heavyweights will smash these guys. Any of those top yes. tier heavyweights will smash By the these way, guys. Have you guys seen the new Andy Ruiz? Oh yeah. That's yeah. that I was just thinking this is a guy I'd like to see fight uh DeBose because he'll beat him. Yep. <laughs> I hope his stamina's improved. You know who else will beat DeBose? Usyk? Ariola. Oh. 
Oh. Let's bring Chris Ariola in to fight this guy because I bet he can win that fight. He takes a good shot, and he's a much better boxer. And you need a gatekeeper. It's a good next fight for him. Somebody with some some decent wins that put up a great fight against Ruiz. That's a good fight. And Ariola will win that fight. 40 years old or whatever he is, he will beat this young boy down. Bose is not that good a boxer. If you watch the Joyce Dubois fight, it, it to me, it looks like, uh, honestly, it looks like two eighth graders. It, it was one of the, the one of the ugliest. I mean, I was like, Dada. who taught these guys how to fight? It's awful. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You're not now, doing the simplest, most technical things that help you stay safe and win fights. It's yeah. crazy. So, uh,. We're talking about real boxing now. Now let's get to the spectacle of the weekend. And let's have Tony break it down for us. This Sunday night on pay-per-view, we have a boxing spectacle for the ages as YouTube sensation Logan Paul takes on former five-division world champion Floyd Money Mayweather. Let's break it down. Logan Paul, 26 years old. He's six foot two with a 72-inch reach and a record of zero and one. From Westlake, Ohio, he was a star athlete in high school, becoming an all-star linebacker and qualifying for the state-level Ohio High School Athletic Association 2013 Division I Wrestling Individual Championships. He began posting videos on YouTube at 10 years old, and by the time he dropped out of college, he already had over 3 million followers on social media. By 2015, he had videos with over 300 million views, and he had begun appearing on both television and movies. In 2018, fellow YouTuber KSI challenged Paul to an exhibition boxing match. On August 25th, the two fought at Manchester Arena with their younger brothers squaring off on the undercard. After six rounds, the fight was ruled a majority draw. A year later, a rematch was set up, this time as the professional debut of both fighters. On November 9th, 2019, the pair fought at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. After getting dominated for the first three rounds, Paul landed a hard uppercut in the fourth dropping KSI, but then hitting him twice in the back of the head on his way down and getting two points deducted for the illegal blows. After a tentative fifth round, both fighters came out in the sixth fighting at a more frantic pace and throwing wild haymakers, but neither was able to land anything significant. In the end, the fight was ruled a split decision in favor of KSI. After unsuccessfully appealing the point deduction and having a trilogy fight rejected by KSI, it was announced on December 6, 2020, that Paul would face former five-division world champion Floyd Money Mayweather in an exhibition at the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida. A natural athlete, Paul uses his jab and footwork to stay at distance, as well as hooks and uppercuts on the inside. Floyd Mayweather Jr., 44 years old. He's 5'8 with a 72-inch reach and a record of 50-0 with 27 knockouts. From Grand Rapids, Michigan, Floyd was born into the famous Mayweather boxing family and started training as soon as he could walk. He won the National Golden Gloves Championships in 1993, 94, and 96, and made it to the 1996 Olympics, earning a bronze medal when he was defeated in the semifinal by Bulgaria's Serafim Todorov. After compiling an amateur record of 84-8, and 8, Mayweather turned pro in October of 96 with a second-round knockout. He won his first 17 in a row before stopping veteran champion Gennaro Hernandez in eight rounds to claim the WBC Super Featherweight title. He defended that belt nine times, including a second-round blowout of Angel Manfredi and a brutal 10-round stoppage of Diego Corrales before stepping up to lightweight and defeating WBC champion Jose Luis Castillo 
in a highly controversial decision. After making three title defenses, he stepped up to junior welterweight, stopping an overmatched Arturo Gatti in six rounds in 2005. In 2006, he stepped up to welterweight, surviving a shaky start against Zab Judah to claim the IBF belt by decision, then defeated Carlos Baldemir for the WBC belt. The following year, he fought Oscar De La Hoya for the WBC junior middleweight belt, just barely eking out with a split decision. Eight months later, he defended his belt against Ricky Hatton, knocking out the hitman with a perfectly timed left hook in round 10. After the fight, Mayweather retired until 2009, when he returned to defeat lightweight champion Juan Manuel Marquez via decision. In 2010, he faced his greatest adversity, barely surviving the second round against Sugar Shane Mosley, who landed two vicious right crosses that forced Floyd to hold on. After recovering, he pulled out the unanimous decision and followed that up by knocking out Victor Ortiz as his opponent was trying to apologize for a headbutt, and then decisioned Miguel Cotto for the WBA junior middleweight belt. In 2013, he took on a before-his-prime Canelo Alvarez, winning by majority decision, and then fought an extremely close fight with Marcos Maidana, again pulling out a majority decision. After eight years of trash talk and negotiations, he finally took on legendary Filipino champion Manny Pacquiao, fighting a tentative and highly tactical fight to get the decision in a fight that did not live up to expectations. Five months later, he defeated Andre Berto and announced his second retirement, but returned again two years later to take on former UFC champion Conor McGregor in an attempt to win his 50th pro fight. After 10 action-packed rounds, Mayweather stunned McGregor and caught him on the ropes, forcing the stoppage. Widely regarded as one of the greatest defensive fighters of all time, Mayweather fights out of a Philly shell, controlling the center line with a snapping jab and stinging straight right, and using head movement and the shoulder roll to avoid his opponent's power shots. He's also a very economical puncher, never overextending himself and landing at the highest accuracy rate in the history of CompuBox. Will the charisma and popularity of Logan Paul somehow bring him victory? Or will the 20 years of experience as the greatest pound-for-pound -pound fighter on the planet win the day? Tune in Sunday night, and let's find out. Going from losing a boxing match to a, for to a YouTuber to fighting one of the greatest of all time. What's going to happen here, Joe? Oh, Logan Paul's got you speechless like that, huh? Here's what I was going to say. Sorry, my kids are here. It, uh, it's not going well. <laughs> um, I'll say this. Look, Floyd Mayweather, who's made a career of cherry-picking opponents, is literally cherry-picking Paul Brothers. How pathetic is this? The guy he's got a beef. He's got a beef. His beef is with Jake Paul. He's fighting Logan Paul. At least Jake Paul's got a win on his resume. This just to me continues to be uh, uh, just the, the the cherry on on the pathetic career that is Floyd Mayweather. This is this is probably the most pathetic thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean, for crying out loud, at least fight Jake Paul. He can fight a little bit. This guy's 0-1. 0-1. How does this guy going to fight with the greatest? This is supposed to be the greatest fighter of our generation, and he's fighting a YouTuber <laughs> who's 0-1. Floyd Mayweather is a joke. This fight is a joke, and it's making a mockery of boxing. At the very least... Fight the right Paul brother, you loser. 
<laughs> Jared, you gonna defend this fight? This no. better not go past one round. <laughs> if Mayweather can't blow out Logan Paul within one round, he should. He should. That's it. Strike him from the record. Then we'll know it was all bullshit from the beginning. Pathetic. Here's what Iceman John Scully had to say about it. You know, I'm not going to be watching, but as far as I'm concerned, only Floyd winning by KO will be acceptable. The other man is not a boxer, not a fighter, just a regular, everyday, delusional guy. Floyd playing with him and putting on a show will not be acceptable. Destroy this man brutally like Tommy Hearns would, like Keith Thurman would, like Hagler would, like Charles Brewer would. Let people actually see the difference between regular people, no matter how young, cocky, and strong they may be, and real professionals. Guys like Scott Pemberton would viciously get this guy out of there as quickly as possible. That's what I want to see is an Arturo Gatti, Diego Corrales type of performance here where you go in and get that out of there, get, get that guy out of there. Um, that being said, yeah, you got one Paul Brothers, 2-0 as a professional. The other one's 0-1 as an amateur and 0-1 as a professional. Uh, it's the bigger Paul Brother. Um, I don't like a lot of the prop bets here. I don't like a lot of the numbers, but I did take one. Minus 175 on Logan Paul will bleed. Oh, I if like you're that. looking for a bet here, that's the one I like. Minus 175, Logan Paul will bleed. I don't want to and recognize. Mayweather. Might I don't be want to my decision. The guy's an idiot. Imagine. <laughs> I don't want to recognize Logan Paul when the fight's over. No. I want to see his face after the fight and be like, "Is that RuPaul? <laughs> I don't know uh, who, what. I don't oh. know what Paul that is, but it's going to be bad. That's what Wait, needs that to happen Paul here. Bear? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> This, this oh. is so ridiculous. I mean, again, dude, fight the fight the real Paul brother if you're gonna do this. This is such a joke. The Come rain. on, he's real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a mess. But I, 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 I'm not that upset with this fight. The one thing about this whole card that upsets me more, Jean Pascal. Versus Badu Jack. That was going to be a great rematch for the interim uh, w, uh, no, the WBA regular light heavyweight belt. That was a great first fight. But then Jean Pascal test positive for PEDs. The one fight I gave, a, I gave one ounce of a crap about on this card. It's taken from me. And it, it, I'm just upset about it. I mean, I, I don't care about the. I never cared about these guys. That Badu Jack versus Jean Paul Pascal fight that would have been fantastic. I would have loved it. That would have made up for this. But now nothing's going to do that. Now I'm going to sit back and I'm not buying this. I'll find a way to watch it, but I'm not buying this. I'm not paying money to watch. Oh God, Sander, please, please, please. With the, I mean, that's great. That's great. I mean, the fact that the fact that you could hire Floyd Mayweather for the right amount of money to come to your birthday party and beat you up. You know what? That makes him a clown. He's an overpriced boxing clown at this point. Uh, Do I blame him? Do I blame him for taking the money? No, I take the money. I'll take 40 million. I'll fight Floyd Mayweather. I would love to. 
I'd love to. I'll go get beat up for $40 million. I don't I don't blame Floyd for taking it. If somebody wants to pay him money to be a clown oh, and, and go to birthday parties and beat people up, yeah, great. Do it. Does this cement your legacy as a great boxer? It does not. Does it do the opposite? <laughs> it does. So well, Look, I can run with a hat. You got to listen. Floyd Mayweather <laughs> doesn't need any more money. He doesn't need any more money in his life. So the fact that he's taking this just makes him a clown. Plain and simple. Yeah, that's yeah, I don't like the argument either. That is that is that is I mean, I've said it about the Paul brothers. They're kind of picking. I've heard about uh, new boxing matches with other MMA guys for for Paul's next fight. And uh some of it's like, okay, that's where you're at and what you have to do to stay relevant. But uh when you're when you're Mayweather Jr., this is ridiculous. Exhibition fights against kickboxers and MMA guys and Paul brothers. And yeah, you're, you're, when you look at it like that, I mean, 40, 40 million isn't $40. But yeah, he's, a, he's an entertainer for hire that will come do your, your wedding for the right price. Muhammad Ali was an ambassador to boxing. Floyd Mayweather is a clown, Sander. That's the difference. So oh, no, it didn't God. hurt Did Ali to go to Japan. That? Yes. Don't don't compare don't compare what Muhammad Ali did to what this goofy clown is doing. This Five is minute a, no, comment ban for Sander. There, look, there there are if if Floyd Mayweather wants to keep fighting and winning and cherry picking young boxers who maybe like Canelo Alvarez that when he fought him, not not quite ready for the big time. You want to pick on guys like that? Do that. That's fine. But fight guys that are boxers. I like Conor McGregor, but do Conor McGregor had as much of a chance as Logan Paul has in this fight? Yes. Which zero. is 0%. Zero. <laughs> Dude, un- un- unless Floyd has a stroke in the in the middle of the fight. <laughs> There is no chance Logan Paul can win. No chance. An aneurysm may be in his br- I mean, that's the only thing that stops Floyd Mayweather from winning this fight. I My mom's a big Yukon Husky women fan. I can't watch that garbage. They win like 90 games in a row, and then they lose, and they win 88 games in a row. I, I don't need to. I mean, it's like 137 to like 25. At the half, and I'm like, are you enjoying this? What What is the fun part of this for you? I I, I mean, Floyd Mayweather is going to beat Logan Paul. Anybody not think that? Anybody on the planet Earth whose last name is also not Paul think that a Paul brother is going to win any any of these fights against real fighters? Chase, seven year old. Are you tell me you're not taking Logan Paul? No, but. I mean, while we're on the subject, I had I had a full-on conversation. I had a big conversation with a bunch of my friends. I, I like Jake Paul against Tyron Woodley, so we'll get to that when we get to that. But uh, when Woodley's that my up, guy, I'm, I'm I'm excited for the Woodley. I think Woodley's gonna beat his ass. I really do. Yeah, but Woodley's also a broken person right now. Let's be real. No He's better way to find yourself than pounding on a loser. <laughs> that, that's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. But, uh, like, I, I just – this this fight's ridiculous. Losing to a YouTuber in a professional boxing match, now taking on 
the best in the world. I, I'm good at Call of Duty, but does that mean I'm going to go and drop into war right now and go fight people? No, that's not how it is. And that's what Logan Paul's doing. Oh, yeah. But, just because those kids at the party wrote a verse didn't mean they were ready for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here you go. All right. That's going to do it for the recap of, of the fights. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with the Scrub Scrap Spotlight. So stay tuned. If the Seattle management is going to give you their time of day, what makes you think that Jerry Jones is going to listen to you? Sometimes they're blowing teams out by overtime. Come on now. When they're on, they're on. Again, I'm going to need you to write LeBron a letter, send it to him, and say, Bron, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to hop off your bandwagon. Don't do that. and Scrub Scrap Spotlight introducing our human highlight reel, our Arturo Gotti Scrub Scraps Justin Gagey, and one of my close personal friends that goes back to the beginning of Scrub Scraps. There are only four of us from beginning to end. Will Chip Brand, how you doing, brother? Yes, sir. Not bad, man. How y'all doing today? Doing good, man. That was That's an impressive highlight reel, brother. Yeah, man, and this, it just ain't enough room on the tape for all of them, I can't. <laughs> By the way, a much more technically uh, fought fight than the Dubois-Joyce fight that I was talking about earlier. I'm just saying, I'm ready for a Paul if they want to throw one at me. I'm good. Yeah, seriously, right? I mean, I'll take two gloves. They can each have one and still use both hands. I don't care. I can fight them both. Yeah, yeah. You wear the helmet, I'll wear the gloves. That's it. I, I like that oh idea. Yeah. I already ain't got no teeth. I ain't worried about losing those. <laughs> um, I wanted to. I wanted to tell a little story about Scrub Scraps One. Um, now, uh, Dizzle, the vice president uh, of the board of Scrub Scraps, was arguing with our friend Rick, and they decided to be because we had kept going out there and throwing the gloves on. You know, 
we're like, let's get some hats and the gloves match because we had one pair of 12 ounce and one pair of eight ounce. So we were just giving the the uh, bigger guy the bigger gloves, you know, so it wasn't we weren't doing everything. Uh, so we got some hats. I still didn't have ropes, but got some hats and gloves and stuff. Yeah. And um, decided to make that fight. We're starting making some other fights. Some people show up. Diddy and Little Chris made sense. And then we've got me, Will, Joel, and this kid, James. And we're trying to figure out who should fight who. And Joel's looking at the two of us going, I'll fight James. And the th- <laughs> I hope Joel's not watching. And the three of us walk out to the garage, and James <laughs> is hitting the heavy bag. Zoom! That shit's And the thing's almost up. touching the ceiling. I kid you not. 100 pound heavy bag. Boom! And the thing's going more than halfway up to the ceiling with a shot from still. And we all kind of look at each other, and Joel goes to me, I'll fight you. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I looked over at Will, and I was like, You sure? Like, I'll fight this kid, James. You know, I'll, he's 230, 240, maybe, bigger yeah. kid. And I'm like, uh, you sure will? I'll fight him. And Will pulled me to the side, and this is what he said to me. He said, um, if I start getting the better of Joel, you're going to want me to hold my hands. Okay? I'm going to fight James, and no matter how long this goes, don't ever put me in there with somebody I have to hold my hands with. Yeah. Uh, what's your record, Will? Right now, it's 12, 12, and 1. 12, 12, and 1 with 12 knockouts. That's That's his scrub scraps record after 25 fights. He's 500 with 12 knockouts. So I I applied that, you know. I, I knew I put him in there over and over again with either really big guys or people I knew that could handle themselves. And, man, whoo, this kid got after it every time. He showed up. And nobody wanted to fight him. I was the one that just went, I'll fight you. I don't care who you are. And he's Will, above 45 in those yeah. clips. <laughs> Will, I, Will, I get the 12 wins and the 12 knockouts. Tell me about the 12 <laughs> losses. How how, uh, how happened? Simple explanation. Don't leave it in the hands of the judges. And uh, gut shots hurt like hell. Fair. Okay. Fair. I think one of the two only of are me. Two, of, two of my two of my losses, I think, were actual knockouts, and that was uh, well, not knockouts, but one of them shut my lights off, and that was uh, what's his name, Mike, when I yeah. broke his foot and he caught Great. me with the lucky freaking the shot. I hit him with a jab, he stumbled, broke his foot, and threw one lucky shot and caught me right with the shutoff button. Uh. Twisted, rolled his ankle over. And then took one wobbly step, and when Will was coming in, threw a right hand, stiffed him right up. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Everything went to sleep except my eyes. I watched myself going to the ground, going, "This is gonna hurt." Oh my God, really? Everything. I couldn't dude, feel nothing insane. other than looking. I could see everything, but I was like, "All right, well, we're about to bounce." Wow. Yeah, Shit. I want to say, got back say up, and I was four like, stoppages, and that was the worst. Yeah. 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 Colby. Yeah, the, one, the one with uh with Jesse. Me was, was your shot. knee. You like yeah, twisted knee a knee bad, and you had a round or two in. Yeah. I hadn't done anything for a while and then I got back in the ring without any kind of stretching training, anything like that, and knee locked up halfway through like the second round, I think it was. Yeah. 
And I was yeah, like, well, yeah. in all of those, you go through those guys, Joe. I line up those 12 losses. Average person doesn't want to fight any of those guys. Bro, I fought Dub Dub. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Dub Dub. But that dude's undefeated, and it's for a reason. He's like 6'3". His arms are longer than my body, and all he throws is straight shots. You cannot <laughs> go to And this is one of those guys with athletic yeah. ability, too. Like, they're, they're, most of the people show up as scrub scraps don't have that level of athletic ability. If you go into Wyndham Tech, there's banners for, uh, for wrestling for uh, Dub Dub. Billy Williams. William Williams. Dub Dub. Dub Dub. Yeah. I did that. Everybody calls him Dub Dub Dub. Um, there's banners <laughs> up for this kid. Like won everything wrestling on the way up. Had done it before, so this was just a force. I remember Will fought him first. The guy shows up again, big dude. Yeah, I box a little bit. He's six three, two twenty five. Will's like, all right, that one's me, right? <laughs> yeah, five and, eight, um, hundred thirty five pounds. You know. Yeah, and I and I remember sparring with Dub Dub afterward. And Joel and I had like talked about fighting him and what Billy would look like with him or whatnot. And I remember walking in afterward after the sparring session. It's two or three of them, we, and at the third one, like I started pushing a little bit, seeing where we were, you know. And uh, I went back inside. I said, Joel, none of us belong in the ring with that kid. He's too technically sound, especially the little things he's learned at Scrub Scraps over these couple fights. It's just he was far too athletic. Dude, it was the far fact that, athletic. like, he came in in a sweatshirt. All right, guys, so I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at this big-ass dude, and I'm like, I'm the giant killer. I'm going to knock him out. Get out there. He took the sweatshirt off, and everything from here up was made of steel. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at little Chris in the corner and went, this is going to hurt a lot. <laughs> and the first thing I did is I ran out and threw a Superman punch, hit him with everything I freaking could, and he laughed. And Ooh. I went, okay, this is not going to be fun. <laughs> I just put him up and sat there and tried to hit him as many times as I could. Dude, to hit oh, him in the face, fight. I had to jump. I thought that was a winnable fight, too. You got Ooh. clipped a few times and ended up getting out of there, but, man, he was tiring. If you watch the fight, you're like, Oh my yeah. God, is Will going to pull this off? Dude, because the Ooh. whole thing is, is, I mean, after being literally pulverized, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there. I, I could take a lot of shots, guys. I really can. I fucking, I've been hit by everything. You know what I mean? But that kid scrub, there, scrub, it was full down. extension arm freaking straight punches down the middle. And no matter how much I went like this, it split. Bop, bop, every single time. And I'm like, how many times can I take that? You know, before so I end up in some other helmet for the rest of my life but <laughs> you know <laughs> shit um yeah let me uh let me ask you i i feel like there was a moment for me there was a moment when things kind of changed for you and you were uh from my perspective one of the most fight clubby one of the least therapeutic treatment based programs and one of the most fight club. You understand what I'm saying? Those are two different beginning. kind of demographics. Yeah, in the beginning, it was a fight club. Mm. It grew into something that you didn't really recognize. No. And, and to be fair, it didn't fit into as well. But this is the moment I want to talk about. We were, we were uh, it was another fight. You were cornering somebody for me. And they couldn't fight at all. And I remember after the first round, 
you you like looked over at me and threw your hands up and like there was this laughter that was kind of hopelessness like what the hell did you do with this and i looked right at you and i went will you have to tell him yeah. and your whole face changed all right and you walked over to that kid are you right-handed and started right at the beginning for him you know yeah. And like you took that, like right in that moment, you realized it wasn't about really laughing at him or just, hey, do whatever you can and finish the fight. But like giving him these little bits and pieces of tools that you could in 60 seconds right. and you soaked up the rest of that 60 seconds. And after that, every time you cornered somebody, you took the step they were on instead of telling them to do what you would do. Right. And no technical advice whatsoever. You just right. gotta get in there and bust just his ass, in. man. If he hits you all well, just just hit him back. No, nah, it doesn't work for everybody. Not everybody got a freaking steel jaw. Some people came with that glass thing, and they need to learn how to move. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I feel like I feel like even though you weren't like the uh, the uh, the pioneer of the therapeutic side, let's say no. that that moment really like you recognized what I was trying to do there. Right. and became a part of it like you never had been before right well and that's the thing is that like honestly in the beginning it was it was just a, it was a fight club that's that's all it was I, I mean i recruited some of my people just because i wanted to fight them always did never got to so i did you know but after a little while like you said when i started actually having to corner people and starting to teach people and things like that and when i corner somebody and they walk out and get hurt worse than when when i wasn't there I realize I'm doing something wrong. You know what I mean? So that's that's when I had to start watching a lot more of the fight clips and things like that. Like I started going, if I knew I was going to be cornering somebody, I would take the rest of the day before I ended up having to go there and review every one of their fights. I want to see what their style is. I want to see what, they, what they're good at, what they're not so good at. If they can take a punch, I want to know how to direct them into how to beat this person they're against. And then from there, once I had learned that, I, I realized that a lot of the people that were coming out of there, they were better off. You know what I mean? When, when they went in there, they went in there full of fury, full of rage, full of everything that's bothered them for the last 20 years, for all we know. And they came out a brand new man. Hmm. It's all they wanted to do was released. And that's hmm. the whole thing is that. I believe that Scrubs Grabs is probably the biggest and best relief that you could possibly get in an organized situation. You know what I mean? Because it, it, if we all just got together in the street like Kimbo Slice used to and threw up freaking just straight fists, granted, it may feel therapeutic, but at the end of the day, there's there's no there's no structure there. There's no nothing. It's just knocking somebody out for the glory. We weren't there for the glory at the end of every fight whether we hated each other before the fight or not by the end of that fight we were hugging i can That's put it in, I remember dude i could put it in for justin young how about that one years you and know, years this kid was a bully to me for years and years like spit at me did everything i got a chance to fight him in the ring and before i got there he made the mistake of talking shit to everybody there and not realizing that i'm not the underdog I outweigh him by 70 pounds. You know what's going to happen when I touch him? Dude, I took him off his feet with a right straight twice. Nothing. 
Um, to be fair, Joe, I told you this story a couple. That guy's got a hit. That yeah. kid can punch. Yo, what's his like record? <laughs> yeah, I wish our cameraman didn't have Tourette's that day. You know what I mean? He went through some crazy shit all over the place, looking at the woods, and I don't know what hell happened. Every time he got excited, he was like, "Yay!" Like you have the camera in your hand, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy though. We needed a tripod. That's that's what we needed. <laughs> I think that was young blood, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 Steven. It looked like he was driving his truck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like that's, uh, yeah, great that's example, the great example. That's that's mm. the therapy for me. You know what I mean? Because that's somebody who, like I said, in the street. If I'd have caught him in the street. And did the same thing I did in that ring. Would have put him in the hospital. I, I would have went to jail. He would have went to ICU. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, the only therapy there is well, now I get to see a therapist in the cell. Yeah, it doesn't help any. You know what I mean? It doesn't so help anybody. Bringing this all to all the people that can't get out there to a real boxing organization. Not saying we're not real, but I'm saying accredited. You know, all those accredited organizations aren't going to accept just Joe Schmo from freaking Idaho over here. Just because he's got a bad day. We do. You have a bad day, you want to punch somebody in the face. If it's not me, we've got 30 others that say you can. Come on over. There's a uh one of my favorite stories is there's a kid named uh Colin. Is that little Chris's cousin? Yep. There's a kid named Colin. Okay, little Chris's cousin. Now he was beefing with somebody like for real. If they saw each other, they were gonna scrap. And um Sean, I think the kids, yeah, Sean. AJ's buddy there that passed, yep. right? Sean, yep. yeah. So Sean's there and he fights Colin and they go two rounds and change, knockdown, drag out fight, great fight. Um, but afterward, they're able to shake hands and kind of bygones be bygones, right? Yep. Um, that night, we're walking into the club and it's me and Will does a little the whole crew there's seven eight nine of us collins with us and and uh sean's with that other with his crew and they're walking out as we're walking in and sean and colin reached out and shook each other's hands what's up man nobody else there knew anybody else there and those two reached out of those two crews had that been 24 hours prior it might we might have had a melee going on but oh, those two wrong. people singled right <laughs> out of those two crews shook hands and kept and as they keep walking of course i turn and start cheering and then everybody else follows so we've got this big grand applause they're both blushing it was great it was beautiful it's what we're supposed to be doing here yeah it's the whole point of scrub scratch in the first place i mean granted yeah you come for the fights you end up leaving with the lesson and that's the whole thing is, I mean, granted, yes, the fights are freaking phenomenal. The people came to see me because I, I don't stop. I, I You can hit me with everything, take out the freaking barn door, hit me in the side of my head with it. I'm probably still going to get up and walk at you. But at the end of the day, nobody wanted to see me get hurt. When I actually <laughs> did get hurt, which is I don't box anymore because of my last fight. But when I actually got hurt, you got to see exactly how many people weren't there just to see the fight. You know what I mean? I had people walking up to me and just making sure that I was okay. 
and it wasn't just one or two people. There was brand new people who had only been there once or twice and they still walk over just to make sure you're all right. You know, so it's not like the entertainment value that you guys were talking about earlier. Granted, yes, we entertain people. But I can guarantee you right now, if Floyd Mayweather gets his freaking head crushed in, not one person in that audience is going to walk down and ask him if he's all right. You know, Demetrius Andrade, I, I find a chance to say at every other show, that the people that show up and want you to go to war are not the same people that will show up for the, at the hospital for you. Right. Floyd, Floyd's got a million people follow him in there. He leaves on a stretcher. He'll be lucky if there's a half dozen that follow him out. Not even sure if the family will walk out with him. I'm just saying. Especially if he loses to Logan Paul. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, none, none no. of those chicks. No, his wife's going to hire Tiger Woods' wife to put something through his back windshield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will, you just said something, and I, and I wrote it down because um, – I think this this pretty much summarizes what the scrub scraps experience that I've seen and that I've learned from other people about. You come for the fights, you leave with a lesson, you know, um, and you hear that a lot from from the scrub scrap spotlight fellas, uh, yourself included, and the camaraderie is another one of those things that we talk about. And you know, you talk about the idea of this being a club, right, and that. Uh, to me, I think when you're squaring off and fighting another person, whether it's somebody you like or somebody you don't like, I mean, there's a respect factor, right? At the end of that, where you're like, you're all right. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, 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 it's that kind of a thing. This is a, this is a very physical sport that you guys are engaging in. So it's a little different. You know, it's, if we're out there golfing and we hated each other at the end of the round. I mean, we might shake hands. It wouldn't quite be the same. You're going through a war with another guy. It's a, right. it's a definitely a different experience. Can you kind of just sort of talk about what, what that's like when the fight's over, kind of how you're feeling and what's going through your head? As opposed to when the fight starts, because when you walk in and the fight's, you know, right before the fight, man, you are, you're pumped, your adrenaline's going, everything's – I mean, I've gone in there, and granted, a lot of the time people think that I'm just – I'm solid. I, I'm not scared. There's nothing wrong. Every time I stepped in that ring, there was a fear. No matter what. Because at the end of the day, you get hit the wrong way, and, well, that's the end of you. Accidents happen. But once you're in there and that bell rings, the fear leaves. Everything leaves. And you get into this mode. And once you get hit in the face, that's when the other mode kicks in. Now it's like either fight or flight. And you'll see that in most of our, our boxers is that if you watch their fights, the first punch that lands on them, if they turn and try to get to the rope, their flight. You know what I mean? Whereas you watch our fights and I get hit and the first thing that happens is four more punches come from the other side. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's that's the whole thing is I, I never got programmed with that flight thing. And it's dangerous. I'm not going to say it isn't. There's been a lot of times that I should have just said no. I didn't. But at, at the end, like you're saying, is it, it doesn't matter who you are. You get in the ring and you punch somebody in the face and somebody else punches you in the face. You catch one of the guts and you start to realize, holy shit, I'm not Superman. We're all made of the same material. When I hit him, it hurt him. When he hit me, it hurt like hell. Holy crap. You know, and... By the end of it, you're going, all right, we're all basically the same. We're just built a little different. 
Yeah. And, you know, that's where that respect comes from. I love, so fighting's like the great equalizer, right? At that point, you realize your skin color, your sex, your none of that matters. A punch to the gut hurts really bad, no matter what race, religion, creed, or color you are. And yet, none of us are Superman. Will, I'm I'm sure you've heard me mention it on here before, dude. I'll never forget that punch. Jared caught me in the the rib on the left side. (laughs) So bad. A month or so, dude, I still was like, oh, my God, does this ever go away? Or yeah. is this just a permanent pain I'll have to deal with? You hit him with a liver shot, Jay? Is that what you did? Did you liver shot this man? Dirty, right? <laughs> Dirty birdie. Oof. Yeah, no, those side shots hurt, man. That one body shot that I lost to, though, was actually straight up under the rib cage in the front. And it was so fast. If you watch that video, oh, Jesse. You, you, you don't even see the punch. You don't see the punch because it was so quick and it hit and like everything in my body was just like, oh no, reset. <laughs> just reset. Yeah. And th- there was no resetting, dude. It was yeah. I went to the oh. ground, I'm laying there, and they're like, one, two, I said, stop counting. I'm not getting up for five uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That hurt. <laughs> Richard Richard Pryor says you get hit in the body, your brain goes, Is that all you got, bitch? And your legs go, We're going down. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude. I mean, that's that was one of the greatest things. I think you might have actually said it to me the first time is kill the body and the head will die. Mm. Put some water in the basement, you want to take the house down. Right. And get it, some dude, air out of the tires. Teddy's got never a truer fact. I'm telling you right now, because like I told you, dude, I got a chin from hell. You can hit me a million times with everything, but you might be able to throw a freaking ping pong ball at my stomach and put me down for 10 minutes. I mean, I'm better now. I got my daughter training me. I, I, I use my stomach as her punching bag. So <laughs> <laughs> working your way back. That's it. it. Trust me. I mean, if it becomes legal and legit and everything else, man, much as I know it's dangerous, I may still do one last fight. It may be one of those things where I have to do it. You know you're always welcome at the gym in any capacity, you know. Dizzle stopped playing a decade ago and he's been he's been a ref for eighty percent of our of our fights. So you know, there's a spot for you, you want one, brother. You already know. Oh, yeah, no matter what, I'll at least go up there and train some people. You know, just do the, the normal stuff. But Work out, ideally, uh, yeah. I'd like to go in there and put one more person down on the canvas. No doubt. 13, <laughs> 12, and 1, baby. Yeah, Got to break that 50, man. Yeah, I mean, over 500, yeah. That's it, man. I mean, I don't know. I'm still in all right shape, but back then I was 135. Right now I'm about 185 to almost 200. But even at that, just under 170. I'm still, yeah, still in shape. Still in much better shape than me. All right. <laughs> this guy put on you know, 50 pounds and he's still in better shape than I am. That's great. <laughs> uh, great. It helps you carry the weight of the world on your shoulders daily, brother. Yeah. Get your shape. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I made that little highlight tape and Jared sent me. A fight of you and him, and uh, I, from me watching it, it seemed like you, you slowed down a little bit more. It wasn't as like chaotic as the other fights, I guess. 
Is that because Jared's so good at slowing you down, or is that a respect thing? It depends on which fight you're watching. We fought three times or four times. But uh, the first time, that was just because it was basically a sparring match. Like, we went in there to spar, so I wasn't going in there to try to put him down or anything. You know what I mean? I wasn't going in there like it was a fight. So we were in there tap-tap, you know, good punch. But if you went and you watched that eight-round fight, there was there was no slow. There was no slow. And when oh, yeah. there was slow, it was because he decided that he wanted to throw a double jab and a left hook, and I had to step back for a second and go, all right, I'm coming. Well, yeah. I feel like that the first fight is the answer to his question. I sent you the second one. It was two rounds. We'd been eight rounds in our first fight. And okay. that was our second fight. And um, um, I didn't, uh, aside from the jab, I didn't go first a lot offensively. If I ever went first, it was the jab. Otherwise, I was waiting on Will to do what he always does and then counterpunching it. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly So that that second fight, he wasn't just going to run forward with three or four punches and let me counterpunch. He started throwing kind of one at a time. And I, to be fair, in that first round, we had trouble finding each other. Yeah, And it was a much closer fight than our first fight because I wasn't able to move and just, you know, hammer him and back away. Whereas he right. just keeps coming straight forward. Um, he, he came at it a little more tactical and, you know. Well, he had no he choice. He was playing chess the second time around. Dude, I had no choice because, you know, I went into playing chess the first time with only pawns. And then uh, <laughs> this time I decided I was at least going to use a horse or two. You know, <laughs> I got to throw a little bit of an L shape in this bitch because going straight ain't working. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, Angles. That's, that was honestly, as much as I probably shouldn't say it if I'm ever going to fight again, the way to beat me is to be technical, to be an actual technical boxer because I don't have the patience. That's as simple as it goes. I don't have the patience to stand there and play this back and forth game. I want you gone. Yep. And I'm going to do that as quickly and as efficiently as I possibly can. Jason, how many of your losses actually had an amateur fight? One, two, oh, three, four. Did you fight Billy twice? No, I fought Billy Five, once. Six, that seven. Moment, oh, man, he made me do a backbend, touch my head to the ground, and I stood back up. I fought the rest of that fight unconscious. Good God. Oh, Matrix, dude. Unconscious. Matrix. Literally went all the way back. Came all the <laughs> And I was still. I wish there was video of that. Oh my God! There might be. Out on I your feet, pretty much, video, no, huh? Dude, no, I never left my uh, feet, but literally, he hit me with an uppercut, and I backbended all the way down, and I remember touching my head to the ground and standing straight back up. Wow! And after that, I was shut off. But they said that I fought the rest of the fight. That was Nobody twice I had somebody tell me they didn't recall the third round. Little Chris was the other one. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy, dude. And I mean, it was, again, a quick punch. It's Those ones there are the ones that hurt the worst, dude, because if I can see you winding up, even if it's going to hit me, I'm bracing for that. Yeah. When you're in this close and it's a quick little quick, 
There's no bracing for that. The dude. ones you don't yeah. see. Yeah. Well, yeah, Taylor Ramirez two weeks ago when he when he floored him with that uppercut oh. when they broke the clinch in the seventh. I mean, I, I said that uh, after the, I, uh, Ramirez was was seemingly out for the rest of that fight. He was. I mean, he fought, but he didn't do any damage. And and uh, you know, I think they even observed at one point they were like, he's like seemingly out on his feet. So I mean, I I, I get it. That's wow. Well, that's, that's a crazy thought to have. It's literally fighting on instinct at that point. Because the thing is, is that growing up, I mean, I had talked to you guys earlier a little bit, but growing up, I had a rough ass childhood. Like everything that I did, I fought for. And I don't mean like I, I went and I struggled to get some money or something. No, no, no. I fought literally every day of my life. We had people down the road that always wanted to come up and challenge our little neighborhood area. We fought. That's what we did. So getting in the ring for me was like a, a huge difference. When I fought my first fight against uh, against James there, there was no polish, there was no nothing. There was street fight, except I wasn't allowed to use my feet, knees, or anything else that I'm used to using. So at that very second, he might've actually had the upper hand strategically. You know, the only reason that I won is because I hit him hard enough where he couldn't concentrate. No, that'll do it. <laughs> and that was well, it. And that was always Will. Is that guy going to keep fighting? I remember, and this is going to sound so overblown, but mm -hmm. um, I remember after our first fight being reminded of Rocky. Losing to Apollo Creed uh, with a standing ovation and all the glory in the world and a loss. Because at the end of that fight, everybody that was there pushed over toward Will. Yep. <laughs> and and yep. like and I and I felt like I mean on the scorecards, I'd won handily, I'd landed some really big shots, I'd been touched a few times, but great fight. And everybody was like, because you see the shots he gets caught with, and it takes a special kind of breed, just engaging to keep moving forward or Toro Gotti when you get caught like that. Will's got that uh that gear and not a lot of people do. It's just a mindset. I'll tell you the perfect yeah. honest truth, it's a mindset because I'm gonna tell you right now, my I mean I've broken damn near every bone in my body, so I'm in pain all day, every day. But once you get in there, like I said, you get you get hit in the face the first time that, that next gear shifts in. Now in your head whether you have the forward gear or the reverse gear is which one's going to kick in. Yeah. I don't have a reverse. There's, there's no two gear <laughs> transmission. Yeah. You know, this is just a straight up, you punch me in the face and you should probably put your gloves up because there's a lot coming. <laughs> yeah. There's a button right here where if you push it. <laughs> yeah. And apparently there's one right here where if you push it, you go none night. Yeah. <laughs> you got another one. I got one right. Yeah, that one. The, the, <laughs> that one too. Ah, that Joe from that story the other day too. Ugliest sound I've ever heard in Scrub Scraps, dude. And I mean, I saw somebody's knee go backwards. But oh. that was the ugliest sound. He got hit, and it was yeah. it was like a steady for a good minute and a half, no breath, yeah. nothing. Just, kind of yeah. just trying to get air to come back into my lungs. Yeah, I'm on the other oh, side over God. there, stuck in a battle in my head of do I laugh or do I help? What? <laughs> yeah, what right. 
We're going to have to see if we can get Buju on to tell that story, huh? Oh, man, Booj, man. <laughs> the guy that knocked me out, huh? You guys he like got, to talk to that guy? Bro, he beat me, you, Little. He beat all of us. That uh, right Joel there. to a draw? I thought yeah. he beat Joel, but. Joel's lucky. He, he gets some decisions he shouldn't have, like one of my losses. Yeah. <laughs> and Booju's like five and eight or something. He's just so awkward, to or uh, eight and five, I think. Yeah. But yeah, just an awkward, awkward guy to fight. Yep, and wins. Man, I think I think you three, you three should just be judges and re rejudge me and uh, me and Joby's fight. You versus Joel. That's how you're yeah, right we've, now. we've got we've got about we've got about a dozen of those that uh, me <laughs> versus Dane. I think is it's not a draw. Watch the fight. Let's yeah, review yeah. the tapes. Let's review With the all tapes. Due you yeah, appeal yeah, to the so. commission, and we'll we'll come to a new ruling on that fight. It'll <laughs> be one of the first things we do as the uh, as the scrub scraps board when we get the ten twenty three place. We'll uh, that's it, man. We'll do that. We'll, we'll We're overturning that draw. That is definitely <laughs> happening. Order, everybody. Business order number one. We're gonna write that wrong. <laughs> the draw, yeah. yeah. And then you gotta write mine. There's no. I mean, love you, Joby. There's no way I should have lost to a man who wears makeup. I just. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh, all right. Come on, it's not fair. He got to wear eyeshadow, and I kept slipping on that shit. Oh. <laughs> all right. Well, before we, I try to tell him to cover up. <laughs> ah, very nice. <laughs> he did. He had a little heavy right around here. Oh my god. <laughs> cover up. Deontay Wilder was like, "Don't let the mascara." <laughs> well, before we close things out, uh, what is the biggest <laughs> difference from who you are as a person before Scrub Scraps to after Scrub Scraps? Honestly, growing up, like I, I went into Scrub Scraps, and if you ask anybody who knew me, I was the guy that would go in the street, and if there was a problem, I, I, I'd be the one out there dealing with it. I was the one that would go and chase down dumb shit. I got involved in a lot of dumb things. Doing scrub scraps kind of gave me my outlet to get away from it all. And that was kind of what changed me. It made it so that I had more time to focus on becoming an adult instead of sitting there and focusing on all the bull crap that was around me. You know, because at, at that point, I mean, I had so much crap going on in my life. And just being able to know that once every two weeks, once every month, I mean, sometimes once a week, I was allowed to go and get all that frustration out. I had the ability to hold it. You know what I mean? Whereas with an, an indefinite freaking amount of time that you never know when you're going to be able to release, eventually it comes out on its own. And that's when you end up in trouble in the street. I had that backing, you know what I mean? And, and I thank everybody for that. I mean, it's, it's, Everybody who's ever punched me in the face, you know, thank you. As much as it sounds freaking hysterical and, and dumb as hell, had you not been there to do that, I might have been out doing something else and I might not be here to talk about this right now. So, you know, anybody, anybody who joins this is, I mean, better off. No matter, no matter what you say or what you think about this whole entire thing as a parent, I mean, we've had we've had people that came 
that were younger than they were supposed to be. And we used to have everybody sign their waivers and everything. And when you're under 18 years old, you have to have a parent come sign. Parent would come and watch the fights and then sign a waiver for their kid after the fights were over because they knew the next time that it was safe enough for them to be there. And at the end of the fights, they got to watch everybody who fought each other sitting there and making sure that they were all right. Everything was good. We wanted to see how your life was. We weren't there to hurt you. You know, and that's the whole entire point of it is boxing. Yeah, there's there's a chance you can get hurt. But at the end of the day, if you get hurt with us, we're going to be there to pick you up at the same time. And that's yeah, that's the whole thing. There were quite a few examples of people like you're talking about of people coming there and thinking they know what they're going to see. Um, people that want to box in it or think they want to box and tell somebody else, and there's no way you're going to be involved in this thing. And then mom, um, oh, what's his name? Pat. Uh, that's 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 one of my favorite stories. Uh, um, wish I could come up with his last name. Yeah, but Pat. Uh, not Gilman, right? No, no, no. The bigger guy that fought Dom. Um, oh, 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 yeah. I don't remember his last name. Shit. I know so you're talking. Pat, uh, Pat wanted to fight and told his mom about it, and she didn't want him to be a part of it, and then showed up to one and watched it, just like you're talking about. And mom came over to me afterward. This is so like family oriented. This is safe and like not at all what I thought I was gonna find when right. my son told me a bunch of people get together and box in a driveway. This right. is a completely different experience than I thought I was gonna find and I'm perfectly cool with boxing here. And yeah, there's at least a half a dozen of those where I'm like, wait until you see it. Before you judge it, just wait until you see what we're doing because right. it will change your perspective about what we're doing. Don't, don't just read the cover of this book and, and put it away because you think it's something bad. Inside that book, there's more that you can possibly learn than you could ever know. Yeah. And unless you feel like cracking that cover, just put your judgment away. It doesn't matter. If you want to judge us after you're done reading our book, going through our whole entire thing, by all means, pass your judgment. But until then, don't open your mouth. Yeah, don't watch a fight and think you know what's going on here. Yeah, what we do is not even for us. And that's the whole thing is that it started out that way. It did. It started out where it was for us. We were. It was ours. It was ours to release. And then we, we kind of realized that the more people we got, once we put this on Facebook, and we had people that we didn't even know. They were friends of friends of friends of friends way down the line and they were showing up to box and of course obviously you got the ones who think they're thuggish and they're going to come in there and scrape the floor with somebody and they get put down when they leave there they come back the next time with a different attitude they're not the same person they went in there like i said in the beginning came in for the fight and they left with the lesson mm. and as much as it may suck i mean some parents we're not allowed as parents anymore to spank our kids do any of that stuff you know who is the people at scrub scraps <laughs> those yeah. yeah those hard lessons well you know and and when i was in my dog training class the lady said uh hitting's like one of the best teaching tools you're ever going to get you want your dog to learn something you tell them it you hit them you tell them it again they do it you hit them you tell them no it's one of the best teaching tools, but don't expect to have a decent relationship. Right. 
with the dog. So this is this is like a way to have a better relationship and attach all of those same that same teaching tool to it. Right. Right. Because but with I mean, a positive relationship outfit. It's it's, it's yeah. We. Man. I mean, like I said, it's it's we as parents have been pretty much handcuffed. But with an outlet like this, where you're a cocky ass kid who wants to talk to you like you, you, you're not their parent, you're not somebody who deserves to be respected. They think they're big shit. Throw them in the ring with somebody half their size and watch how they feel when they come out with a loss. And change their perspective on life. Yeah, for sure. Right. And then when they're sitting there and they go to run their mouth about their mom, who we've probably met. And we probably know is a decent person and they get smacked in the mouth 10 times in the ring for it. They stop talking. They stop doing all that. They start to realize that like the things that, that they're going about, are, they're doing it wrong. Everything that they feel is fine. That's fine. You can have your feelings go about it in a way that's adult. Yeah. It gives you tact. Right. If you Good have to talk time. to your mother, you don't sit there and, and talk to them out of turn. If you have, if you feel some sort of way, let them know, but do it in a respectful manner. And 90% of the time, any one of them disrespectful kids that came to our stuff, by the time they left, I'm pretty sure their parents would have freaking thanked us. Because they probably went home and said thank you for the yeah. dinner that they get every night. And have never said I not want them to be a part of it. Yeah, have a have a new newfound respect for it for sure. Right, and I mean that sure. honestly to me is that's one of the biggest driving parts for me is in in the United States we don't we don't have all the rights that we used to have. So, knowing that there's outlets like that and the fact that like you're not in trouble going to these places, you're not forced to go to these places, but if, if you have a big chip on your shoulder and you want to learn whether you should keep it there or probably brush that off, come down and test your luck. It turns into a necessity at some point for a society like ours. Chip, hey, thank you for coming on and all of your contributions to Scrub Scraps, man. Absolutely. We uh, love you, brother. And thank you. Absolutely, man. I'm hoping, like I said, man, as long as I'm not like 54 by the time this all comes to, to head, you know, I'm, I'm trying to throw it down maybe one more time. Uh, hey, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, Will. Uh, for myself, Big Jace, Joe Gwai, and Jared Jones, this was the Throwing Jabs Podcast. Make sure you like us on Facebook. Subscribe to us on YouTube and follow Clovercrest Media Group on Twitch. And also check out clovercrestmedia.com for mo more of this podcast and bunch more we're over 40 now so go check it out clovercrestmedia.com that's going to do oh, it enjoy God. enjoy the fights to the, enjoy floyd mayweather and logan paul to the best of your ability and we'll see you next week to i talk got mayweather more. next so. i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs>
The main event, lock it in every Saturday at 10. The overhand is out of hand when it comes to fisticuffs. Slide a hand on the undercard, you'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave, feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand in eighth, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move, bob and weave. Don't lose hope against the ropes, there's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing. Counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging. We bringing crosses with no worship, hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry, it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats. Relax if you want the facts, cause the best combat podcast is throwing jabs. 